Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network. The only place with the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and my co-host is the 13-year NFL defensive lineman and two-time national champion at USC, Frosty Rucker. Before we get to the post-mortem of the Holiday Bowl massacre, since this is our last show that we are recording in 2019, Frosty, any New Year's resolutions you'd like to make? That's a great one. I usually keep those things private, but I just won the winner for USC 2020. I think that is a resolution that a lot of Trojan fans would like to see happen in 2020. If you enjoy listening to our show, please subscribe and rate us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. On social media, at Believe Podcasts. For me personally, find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports. That's N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Where do they find you on social media, Frosty? As usual, you can find me at The Organic Frost. I already called it a massacre. You could also term it a bloodbath, beatdown, evisceration, or any number of gory things. History will record the 2019 Holiday Bowl as a 49-24 victory by the Iowa Hawkeyes over the USC Trojans. In what was USC's worst bowl defeat since a 49-0 shutout by Michigan in the 1948 Rose Bowl, it was plain to see that the Trojan program is at a crossroads. The decision to keep Clay Helton as head coach was already poorly received by a vast majority of SC fans, and allowing Iowa to score its season high in points has just added more fuel to the fire under Helton's perpetually hot seat. Frosty, you were in San Diego to see the game in person. What was your impression of it live on site? Was it as bad as it looked on TV? Well, it was very frustrating. We all had high hopes. Well, I know I did. I was predicting a blowout win by the Trojans to make that four wins in a row headed into the new year, but that isn't what we got. And it was very frustrating to be there on the sideline and see the team just come up very, very, very short in a number of different areas. Special teams came up short. Offense couldn't move the ball at times. Put the defense in a lot of desperate situations. Our tackling was poor. It was a hard one to watch. Generally, being a Trojan fan and alum, you want your team to give it their best go at it, and it just didn't seem like that was their best go. No, it definitely did not. Although, at the start of the game, it looked like it would be a back-and-forth shootout, which is, again, not necessarily something that most people were expecting, as both teams traded touchdowns over the first four possessions of the game. Iowa's was there, grind it out, use up the clock, extended drives, SC more quick hitting. But after Vavai Malapai's TD catch tied the game at 14, The ensuing kickoff was returned 98 yards for a touchdown by Amir Smith-Marset, and Iowa never looked back from there. USC had some life. They got a field goal at the end of the 
first half to make it a 28-17 game going into halftime, and they got the opening second half kickoff, and it was a quick strike drive ending in Stephen Carr's TD run. And then the surprise of all surprises, Michael Brown recovers his own onside kick, and you can feel the momentum maybe shifting over to USC. They were trailing 28-24 now, and the ball after an onside kick. But on the second play of that ensuing drive, Keaton Slovis got strip-sacked by A.J. Epinesa, the defensive MVP of the game, and he was trying to throw the ball, and basically Epinesa knocked the ball out of his hands, and the arm kept going forward, causing an injury to Slovis's elbow, and he was unable to return to the game. Slovis, at that point, it was basically he and Amon Ross St. Brown who were carrying the USC team on offense. Slovis ended up going 22 of 30 for 260 yards and two touchdowns. Nine of those catches were by Amon Ross St. Brown for 163 yards. And they really couldn't muster much of a rushing attack, nor did they really try. They finished the game with just 18 rushes for 22 yards. And some of those were sacks. So they really didn't try and run the ball much. And you thought that maybe, okay, Matt Fink has come in before for an injured Keaton Slovis, and he just was unable to recreate that magic that he had in the Utah upset. He went 12 of 18 for 74 yards, but couldn't get the ball in the end zone through that bad pick six for Iowa's final score. And it was just a really rough game, like you mentioned, to watch whether you were there or whether you were watching on television. Yeah, it was heartbreaking. There were so many big plays that Iowa got that was just so unlikely to happen going into the game. They were catching smokescreen passes and turning them into touchdowns. The offense was at a disadvantage. Ours, meaning the Trojans, was at a disadvantage all day because they were always playing catch-up. As soon as we got in the game, we got out of it just as fast. So it was a bad day, bad outing for the whole ball club. I think each player seems like went to their social media to apologize for it and said they're going to get better. I'm a little iffy on that. I wish they would just put their head down and just get to work. No one's satisfied, and it all starts with them. I know they're not satisfied with the performance, and as it just pans out to fans, alumni, and whatnot, everyone's frustrated. We want answers, and it's going to take a lot of hard work for those kids to get this ship right. Yeah, and basically we saw a tale of two different teams. Iowa clearly had done their film study work. They came in and they were ready to exploit all of SC's weaknesses. They attacked SC on the edges and SC, again, unable to control the edge, as has been the case most of the season. Like you mentioned, SC missed a lot of tackles. And again, Iowa, unlike USC, had a good balance of passing to rushing. They had 213 yards through the air, 115 on the ground. They controlled the time of possession, 33 and a half minutes to SC's 26 and a half. They took advantage of turnovers. SC turned the ball over three times. They scored 14 points off of it, and they didn't commit any turnovers. On third downs, they were 8 of 13 on the game, but the big thing is that they were six of their first seven on third down conversions. And the one they didn't convert, they converted a fourth down on that drive. So it just was a combined lot of factors that Iowa used to take over and win that game. And like you said, they kept extending the lead in part due to SC miscues. 
multiple miscues in the second half. There was the Michael Pittman Jr. fumble as he was trying to fight for extra yardage. There was the bad snap over Matt Fink's head, and he couldn't track the ball. Ended up being an Iowa recovery at the USC six-yard line. Chase McGrath misses a 39-yard field goal. And then, of course, the final indignity of them all, the Matt Fink pick six to Iowa's Nick Neiman, which was Neiman's first career interception. And also, it was the first interception return for a touchdown Iowa had all season to extend a streak that they've had to 12 straight years of having an interception return for a touchdown. And again, the biggest factor of everything maybe was the offensive MVP of the game, Amir Smith-Marset. Besides the 98-yard kickoff return, he had a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and he almost threw a touchdown. He just overthrew the receiver on a trick play, or he could have had not just a hat trick, but what do you call a a four, the golden sombrero of touchdowns in the game. That's a good one. That's a good one. So it was just a lot of negativity throughout all facets of the game by USC. The only bright spot maybe on defense was Talanoa Hufanga led the team with 14 tackles, two of them for a loss, had the sack on the first drive where he forced the fumble, but Iowa recovered the ball. Besides that, I mean, I'm going to be sarcastic here, but at least they didn't allow Iowa kicker Keith Duncan to break the NCAA single season record for field goals made because he didn't even try a field goal. He just kicked seven extra points. I was sitting there on the sideline waiting for him to punt. <laughs> if that didn't happen yeah. in the third, fourth quarter. Right. It was a tough one, man. Like, legit, it was a tough outing across the board. We were out-schemed, out-coached, out-physicaled at the point of attack. Their playmakers made all the plays they should have made, and they really left it out there in the field. And this is a really perfect time for USC to look themselves in the mirror and really figure this all out. It was a bad showing. It really was. And now there's a long offseason for USC and their fans to look forward to. And the very first game on the schedule is a trip to Arlington, Texas, to take on the Alabama Crimson Tide again in a rematch from a game that happened in 2016. I was there for that one. I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to be in Texas for this one to start off the 2020 season because I'm just afraid of what an angry Nick Saban is going to do to USC's squad in that season opener. Yeah, right now, if you look at it, it doesn't look good, but we're ready for USC to shake it up. We do have time to rewrite this history. I'm a firm believer in this offseason is going to be one of the biggest ones in our school's history. We have some coaching positions that are open, that are huge shoes to fill, and I think it's going to start there. It's going to start in those leadership positions, uh, special teams and defensive coordinator. And once we get those two positions locked in, hopefully that brings some recruits. We have one more signing period. Hopefully we'll get a couple of transfers that are looking at the opportunities to play for the Trojans as a golden opportunity, knowing that where we're at and where we're probably going to be ranked. If guys want to come in and play, if guys want to come in and be the factor, be the change, here's the opportunity. And here we go. It's going to be a tough match to go play Alabama to start it off with, but these kids know what they signed up for, and it's all hands on deck, and that's coaches included. And we will get to the coaching aspect in just a bit, but first, a word from Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. It's 2020, and you know what that means. New year, new you, new balls. Men, listen up. Hairy bushes are so 2019. If you're going to pick any New Year's resolution this year, let it be to take care of your junk. Manscaped is making it easy with their grooming products. 
guys want to keep it tight downstairs, but some are afraid of doing some harm to themselves in what we all know is a sensitive area. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nether region. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just filthy McNasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use code B-L-E-A-V. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. If you enjoy listening to us, again, you can subscribe and rate our show, finding us wherever you find your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can always get us on the website, Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and on social media at Believe Podcasts. To find me on Twitter, I am at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Where do they find you? As usual, I'm at The Organic Frost, and that'll be all 2020. And if USC doesn't get into the playoffs, I may change my own screen name. (laughs) Well, now let's get to the coaching aspect of this USC program. After the game, as always, like I do after every USC game, I run the Helton Hot Seat Scale poll on Twitter to get the pulse of Trojan fans and how hot they feel Clay Helton's seat really is. And I use four chili peppers as the scale for those of you who don't remember or are just tuning in for the first time. We start off with the hottest chili pepper in the world, the Carolina Reaper. Rating at 2.2 million Scoville heat units. That is the measurement for how they rate the hotness of chili peppers. It's followed by the ghost pepper at just over a million Scoville heat units. Then there's habanero at 350,000 SHU and cayenne at 50,000. So the results for the poll after the holiday bowl, 50-50 split among Carolina Reaper and Ghost Pepper. No votes at all for Habanero and Cayenne. So the people voting all feel that the seat is very, very spicy for Clay Helton. And of course, that means that there was going to be some changes on the coaching staff after that game. There probably were going to be changes anyway, but the result of the Holly Bowl meant that defensive coordinator Clancy Pendergast and special teams coordinator and tight ends coach John Baxter were both let go from the program. And outside linebacker coach Joe DeForest left and took a job as safeties coach at NC State. So there are a few positions to be filled, as you've mentioned. And we had a report as we record this on Monday. There was a report today from Bruce Feldman of The Athletic 
who is saying that New Orleans Saints defensive line coach Ryan Nielsen could be looked at for the defensive coordinator position. Great. Ryan Nielsen should be a familiar name to most SC people. He played at SC from 97 to 2001, was a volunteer assistant coach in 2002, and he's also coached before the Saints in colleges at Idaho, Old Miss under Ed Orgeron, Central Connecticut State, Tennessee Martin, and NC State. What do you think of all of the coaching maneuvering, Frosty? We have some holes and we have to fill them. Unfortunately, we let go two coaches that have a long pedigree of good football, and we just didn't get it done at USC. Best of luck to those guys. But there's some names out there, like you said, with Ryan being eligible. I like a Chris Richard. I immediately feel like he could really lead our defense. And who knows how that'll play out if Coach Helton will be here after 2021. I feel like building the staff with quality, sound assistance will help with recruiting. It will help maybe with hiring internally for our new head coach one day. We don't know. But getting those positions filled quickly and picking the right ones, I'm all here for it. But there's a lot of names out there, a lot of professional coaches, a lot of college coaches that are still coaching right now that can be eligible for this. And I want our fan base to hold tight and let the program do its due diligence and get the right picks for our Trojans. Yeah. And again, if the school is looking to go after pro coaches, especially a guy like uh, Ryan Nielsen, they obviously are going to have to be patient as the Saints are in the NFL playoffs. A guy like Chris Richard, the Cowboys are out of the playoffs. So he's a guy that you could target right away if he's someone you want to talk to. And how do you feel about going after pro coaches versus college coaches? Obviously, both Rashard and Nielsen have experience with the college game, but we saw two of the big hires in the offseason going into 2019 turn up really big. LSU hiring Joe Brady to be their passing game coordinator coming from the Saints. Jeff Halfley coming from the 49ers to Ohio State, being a leader of their defense there and now getting the job as Boston College's head coach. Do you think that that's the viable way to go, going after pro guys versus going after college guys? Well, there's trends, right? You can go with the trends of you get all these younger head coaches or right now it may be going after the top tier NFL coaching positions. Guys that are coaches, they just want opportunities. Ryan and Chris, they both have ties to USC. Like you said, they've coached in college. They've coached the highest level in the NFL. I mean, Chris Richard coached under Pete Carroll. I know a lot of people would be ecstatic to have another person that's coached under Pete Carroll and his leadership come on back to campus and come to L.A. Because, again, it helps with recruiting. At this rate, if we are not fully staffed at recruiting like other teams in the Pac-12 or across the country and we have a little less numbers, a big-name coach will provide energy and immediate recruiting action. So I'm all for it. I'm all for getting the best person for the job, and I'm ready to see how long this is going to take. We are all looking forward to seeing who SC fills those openings with. And of course, when they do end up filling those vacancies, you can bet that Frosty and I will be back to talk about it and let you know what we think. And now, a word from my bookie. Christmas has come and gone, but the Super Bowl is quickly approaching. We've seen just what our teams are capable of this season, and now it's time to get your last bets in before the bowl. Will the Ravens be able to get it done? Will Brady and the Patriots get themselves another ring? I bet you have a feeling. Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. 
If you're looking for a sports book to make some bets for the bowl games, MyBookie is where you want to go. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League, they've got the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. You can even pool your bets together for a bigger payout. Let's say you got a couple of big favorites this week. Parlay Wagers let you bet multiple games together, and if they all come through, you win big. MyBookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sportsbook around. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet. Win. Get paid. Okay, and now we have to go over the predictions that we made. It's a bittersweet type of thing, maybe, because obviously we both wanted USC to win that Holiday Bowl game, but there was another contest on the line. It was the bet between Frosty and I to see who would do better over the course of the season in the predictions. So let's recap what we picked and give you the final results and see how this all ends up playing out. We began, as always, with the players that we believe in, and we both went with the running backs. I went with Vavai Malapai. Frosty chose Stephen Carr. Obviously, SC didn't run the ball much at all, and neither guy did great, but I'm taking the win on this one, Vavai Malapai. Eight carries, 37 yards, four catches, 11 yards, and a touchdown. Stephen Carr, five carries for 25 yards and a touchdown and just three catches for six yards. So while neither guy did really great, Favai Malapai did slightly better. So I win the players that we believe in there. When it came to the game score, as mentioned, neither of us thought that the game would turn out the way it did. We both took USC. I took it as 27-23. Frosty said 35-10. Obviously with Iowa winning 49-24. There is no winner between us, so no one gets any points there. And then in the prop bet segment, Nara's No Doubter and Frosty's Cold Hard Truth. Frosty, the cold hard truth did not get so cold as Hugh said that AJ Epinesa and Chauncey Golston, the two Iowa starting defensive ends, would combine for zero sacks against USC. Unfortunately, they got Three combined sacks, two and a half of those by Epinesa, including the one that knocked Keaton Slovis out of the game. For me, Nara's no doubter was that USC would allow a return touchdown, and they not only allowed one return touchdown, Amir Smith-Marset's 98-yard kickoff return, but there was also the interception return touchdown, the pick six by Nick Neiman. So two return touchdowns by Iowa, so I get the points there. As we had discussed, it was double points week as well for the bowl game. God, you're just weighing in. You're just weighing in on me. And so going into the game, you had a 5-4 to four lead on me, and I completely flipped it around with the two wins in the bowl game. I end up winning the bet 8-5 on the season. Frosty. I'm looking forward to collecting. I'm going to like save up all day just so I'm hungry and ready to eat at the Galen Center when we meet up for a basketball game. Well, a bet's a bet, and I lost the bet. I had nothing to do with it. 
somehow it seems like you were an insider and you knew about these returns. You doubled the points on me, but I'm not going to complain. I'm just going to point out the obvious that I owe you and I'm ready for a good time, my friend. Yes, I will be looking forward. It'll be a good time just to hang out with you, watch some USC basketball. And I think we still have to figure out if we're going to a men's or women's game, depending on our schedules. But either way, the men definitely look like they are going to head into the Pac-12 season on a little bit of a run. They're looking good right now. The women did just take a loss over the weekend to our crosstown rivals. So that's disappointing, but hopefully they can get things going as well in the conference season. But yes, there will be a bet to be paid and it will happen at a USC basketball game coming up very shortly. So I'm not thrilled with the Holiday Bowl results, but at least something good came out of it for me. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I love putting that the wager was going to a game because like many fans and many alums, we get busy and we get caught up in our season and we only focus on football. But going to support those kids in the other sports is huge. And being in that great gym like the Galen Center, it's an awesome venue and my treat. I'm ecstatic about it. And we'll have a good time supporting our Trojans. For sure, because that is what we always do. We try and support the team, even when we have to criticize, even when we have to just tell everyone what is happening with the program. We do always, in our hearts as Trojan alums, feel the love for USC and want USC to succeed all around. So for Frosty Rucker, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 19 of the USC Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? It might be tough to believe in the Trojans right now, but 2020 is a new year, so best wishes for a safe and happy new year. And remember to fight on. Everyone has a favorite photo. Now you can turn yours into canvas wall art at canvasworld.com. Canvasworld.com will print your photograph on a handcrafted custom canvas at the size of your choice. They combine the latest technology and environmentally friendly inks to produce canvas prints that are higher quality than ever available before. And they guarantee their work for life. Maybe that's why six of the country's top 10 hotel chains choose Canvas World. Their prices are a fraction of what you'd pay elsewhere. And it's easy. Just upload your photo, choose a size, and you're done. They'll even digitally retouch your photo absolutely free. Place your order at canvasworld.com today and save 35%. Plus, get free shipping when you enter promo code photo at checkout. Get big Canvas prints at big savings at canvasworld.com and save 35% and get free shipping when you enter promo code photo at checkout. Check out. Order yours today at canvasworld.com. That's canvasworld.com, where photos become art. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.